The scripture today comes from Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This is the word of the Lord. Really did appreciate uh, Austin's prayer along with Bill's because they really do fit the theme of what we're talking about this morning. And uh, y'all, it may be maybe more appropriate for me to do this later, like you know after the service, before the benediction, whatever. But it is so good to see Harold Cannon over here. I'm sorry, but. Good to see you, friend. You give me a fist pump. <clears throat> That's already made my advent, just seeing Harold here. But, but I thought about you after each of their prayers, because I don't know if you recall, after you and I had prayer, and I had seen you soon after the drama started, right, Anne? <laughs> And, uh, and, and I, I could understand, you had to listen a little more clearly, but I remember we talked and bantered back and forth, and then we had a prayer, and then do you remember, the? I'm sure you don't remember, but I remember it clearly, I remember the first thing you said as soon as I finished that prayer, you said, it's all his. I'll never forget that, and that's really what we're talking about here this morning, and so I love how our theme from a year or two ago even plays into what we're talking about this morning. Now, we're beginning our Advent series here, entitled A Different Kind of Christmas, and sorry, choir, that that screens out for some reason, so you'll just have to be blessed by my gestures and everything, so, but it's called A Different Kind of Christmas. It's inspired by a marvelous little book called, and I love the title, Christmas is Not Your Birthday which is a great title. It's by a guy named uh, Mike Slaughter. He is senior pastor of a Ginghamsburg uh, Community Church up in Ohio and a marvelous, marvelous pastor up there. And it's a United Methodist Church, just to point that out. But we have um, children and youth and college here in Sunday school going through the curricula uh, together called A Different Kind of Christmas. In fact, that's the title of our uh, Advent uh, bulletin or Advent manual that that we have that Melinda and uh, others Rosanna have helped put together, <clears throat> and we also have some adult classes that are going through that curricula as well. So we thought it would be great for all of us or a lot of us to be on the same page and walk through this series together. And and I'm following each chapter of the book, uh, definitely in title, but also in content uh, to some degree. So the first chapter of this book, along with uh, that which many of you are teaching, is Expect a Miracle. Expect a Miracle. And I want to talk this morning about how we should be expecting and realizing at least two miracles during this Advent season. And really one follows the other, but the problem is in our culture we are failing really failing, I think, to, to expect them, let alone to realize them as we should. And the first miracle, quite simply, is God with us. God actually being with us through the incarnation. Now, I want to ask again, why did he do it? Why did God create us anyway? Why did he create you? Why did he create me? And I think our good friend John Claypool uh, put it very, very well. He said it was really out of God's unconditional love. He saw such good that he had created and was celebrating it himself so much that he could not help out of his unconditional love create others who could share in the celebration of all that goodness. 
And so that is why you and I were created, out of his unconditional love, that we could savor all the goodness that this life in this earth has brought to us. But he took it a step further eventually, didn't he? Because of our fallenness, because of our waywardness, because of our sin, he took it an incredible step further, all the more miraculous in many ways. He came close to us. As Megan just read, he became really the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. He shall be called Emmanuel, which means what? Let's just fill in the blank. Emmanuel, which means what? Thank you. Now think of this miracle, and think about it. Even before the miracle of the resurrection, which is the greatest of all, we had the incarnation, and I can't help but think of the psalmist who described God as everlasting to everlasting, eternal to eternal. I mean, that God who is eternal and universal, who created all things, decided to come close to you and me for a very incredible reason, which was our waywardness and our brokenness and sin. Think about this. The God who created time, and who was beyond time, decided to step into that time which he had created. Think about that. Just amazing. Stepped out of timeless eternity so that he could be with you and me personally in the flesh, and he did that for you. Think of the God who is omnipresent, who is omnipresent. I can't help but think of um, Psalm 139, where it says, If I ascend to the highest place in heaven or the darkest place down, the deepest place down in Sheol, he is still there. I cannot escape him. But the God who is everywhere decided to be somewhere. Think about that. The omnipresent God decided to be present in a specific place at a specific time here on earth. The God who is everywhere decided to be somewhere. Think about this. The very light that he created with the sun is what would wake him up in the morning. And the darkness of night, which he used to divide the day and the night, is what helped him go to sleep each night. Just really phenomenal, an incredible miracle, which is why on his deathbed, John Wesley, the great Methodist uh, preacher and scholar, was asked, do you have any final words? And his final words were, the best of all is God is with us us. Incredible, incredible miracle. But even with that miracle, how much do we focus on this season in the right way? Because as Mike Slaughter says in his book, too often we think of God as a divine Santa Claus, you know, a magical gift giver, a genie in a bottle. I even think of the historical Saint Nicholas. There really was a Saint Nicholas Uh, who inspired the person who became known as Santa Claus. But we even have twisted his legacy because what he would do would be to throw little bits of money or food into the windows of needy people, needy people. But we have kind of skewed his legacy and we've created this golden calf Messiah who, you know, gives us all of our earthly wants. It's like Jesus is this magical gift giver. Which is why Mike Slaughter said this, and I appreciate this quote, Christmas is the celebration of a miracle, but we've edged the miracle worker out of his own birthday. Say that with me, will you? Christmas is the celebration of a miracle, but we've edged the miracle worker out of his own birthday. Well put. It's time we focused again on that great miracle, the presence of Jesus in our world, the incarnation. Mike Slaughter got the idea for the title of this book, Christmas is Not Your Birthday, after he got a letter from a young person uh, who wrote him a letter. 
And I'm just going to read it because I think it's wonderful. It's where he got this idea, Christmas is not your birthday. This is a young person whose birthday happens to be on uh, December 26th. So let me read it. Dear Reverend Slaughter, my birthday is December 26th, the day after Christmas. I've been a lifelong Christian, and I look forward to the candlelight Christmas Eve service every year. But many times I think Christmas bleeds into my birthday, and I forget, forget that the gifts that I get on December 25th are coming to me for a profoundly different reason than the gifts I get the next day. So that year, for my 20th birthday, instead of asking for another electronic gadget, I asked my family to help me buy a cow for Heifer International. How many of y'all have ever heard of Heifer International? Wonderful, wonderful ministry. My mother bought me a child's wooden puzzle in the shape of a cow, and on Christmas morning, I opened up each piece individually with a message written on the back from a family member or friend who had donated money to help me towards my goal. It was one of my best Christmases ever. And I was touched that my family and friends, many of whom are atheists, had helped me to bring the world one cow closer to the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. And he closes with saying this, This year I plan to take however much money I spend on gifts for others and give a matching amount to charity water. That's a, that's a charity itself, which digs wells to give clean water to people in underdeveloped countries. For the first 19 years of my life, Christmas and my birthday were muddled together. And while I knew in my head that they were not the same thing, I sometimes acted as though December 25th and 26th were day one and day two of my personal gift-getting extravaganza. I now know in my heart that Christmas and my birthday just happen to be right next to each other on the calendar, but that's all they have in common. Isn't that great? This young person gets it. And gets it well, I think. Christmas is not our birthday. It's Christ's. And the greatest gift we can give him is to look beyond ourselves to the needs of some other people. People in some need, whether it's dire need or rather a a small but immediate need. Something we can maybe do for them. We need to be, as, as he says in his book, living miracles for others. Which leads me to the second miracle that we sometimes are not getting and not realizing in our own lives and that's simply God working through us not just God being with us but God working through us we could actually use for our theme next year because we're talking about the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit moving through us or in the context of this sermon we could talk about the ordinary doing the extraordinary look at John 7 verse 38 for just a moment It says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. That rivers of living water is actually a reference to the Holy Spirit. There's so many images for the Holy Spirit that we're going to talk about next year with the help of Jeff Roberts and some other people. Uh, But uh, uh, that idea is the Spirit flowing through us, in and through us, as we do ministry for other people. So Jesus right there is talking about the Holy Spirit. But think about it, that same Spirit who conceived a miracle in Mary's womb also resides in you, indwells in you. Pretty amazing. Do you think Mary thought that she was qualified to be who she became in the history of existence? Do you think she felt qualified? Well, no. But as Mike Slaughter says, God births miracles through ordinary people. And you see that throughout Scripture. As you know, you had Moses, who was a, a stutterer and a murderer, right? 
You had young people like David, who seemed to be just a lowly shepherd boy, but became an amazing king. Uh, people like Elizabeth, who struggled with, with conceiving, but eventually did. And then you had, of course, Mary, who was this lowly servant girl. Look at Luke 1, uh, verses 47 and 48. This is her Magnificat, which you know, oftentimes we hear the wonderful song that relates to this. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. And that's a fact, that's an historical fact. But look where it says his lowly servant girl, sometimes it says his humble servant girl. It really is referring to someone who is poor, uh, who is economically depressed, if not depressed in some other ways. Somebody who is, is marginalized in society. Somebody who might be looking down upon, but God uses ordinary people to do miraculous things. Now, it's not always easy. When God challenges you to take on some kind of miraculous ministry, it's not always easy. For Mary, it wasn't easy. I mean, here she was, realizing that she was going to have this reputation of being an unwed, pregnant teenager, wondering what Joseph was going to do with all this. Then they had to flee, right, to Egypt. I mean, so many difficulties coming along. But sometimes that's what it takes for you and me to birth a miracle out of our hearts as the Spirit moves in and through us as we do ministry for other people. But I want to challenge us to do just that. Not just to have a holly jolly Christmas. We'd rather do that often than offer ourselves as a womb for some kind of Christmas miracle. But I want to challenge us to do that this season. I'd like to challenge you to take at least some portion of that which you would be spending for toys or iPads or an ugly tie or whatever it might be and give that toward some need of which you are aware, some worthy kingdom cause. It's interesting as you read on in Mary's Magnificat, she talks about some great things that will happen as a result of the birth of this son and she talks about how he will lift the lowly and that the hungry will be filled with good things. That's the result of this birth of this one who is Emmanuel, God, with us. Wonderful things will happen for those in need. And I really appreciate this quote uh, from Mike Slaughter, and I think we'll have it up there. Miracles don't just happen. They are born through the pains of labor. But if we are willing to go through it, then God will conceive miracles in us. Every miracle is conceived in the heart of a believer, and grows in conviction and clarity and is delivered through a committed action. Now, <clears throat> this could be the time where I give you all kinds of stats on world need. But I, I, I'm just going to show you four, and I want you to distinguish between uh, two different uh, realities. One is a reality and one is a need that makes you look back at the reality and say, hmm, uh, this comes from uh, recent data from the World Health Organization as well as the United Nations. Let's go to the next slide here. Okay, the estimated cost to feed every person in the world is 30 billion per year. Okay, that's a lot of money. 30 billion per year to feed every individual in the world. How many people do we have dying of malnutrition and hunger every week? 40,000, something like that. It's just ridiculous. Okay, next one. The estimated spending in the U.S. on Black Friday, 60 billion. One day, Black Friday, 60 billion. Look at the data just above that, and do you see a bit of incongruity there? A bit of disparity. Let's go to the next one. Uh, the estimated cost to provide clean water to the world 
talking the world, the world population. 203 billion, a lot of money. Next. Estimated spending in the U.S. for Christmas season, 640 billion. Not much more to say. You see the disparity there. Perhaps you sense a calling there for you and me to become living miracles as birthed out of the Spirit comes some kind of ministry to which you and I can give. I know that there are other issues, by the way. I know that availability and distribution can be challenging. You try to give in some countries and you have incredible demonic corruption by governmental leaders who won't let money or food or whatever get to people who need it because they use it for their own selfish gain and power. But nevertheless, there's more we can do. There's more we can give. And we can even do more close to home. So what can we do? Let let me tell you this. I'm going to offer a suggestion each week. I've decided I don't want us to have one more programmatic kind of giving thing. We're going to have some kind of programmatic campaign, and this is going to be our goal, and we'll have a thermostat here and see how high it goes up. I don't want to do that. I want it to be individualized. I want it to be uh, customized for you. I want you to pray to God and sense the Spirit's leading towards some way that you can give realizing that Christmas is not your birthday, but Christ's birthday, and because of that alone, we have a calling to give. And I want to encourage you, with whatever individualized ministry you do, we're going to resurrect this one more time. The fanning the flame cards and whatever you give to, uh, give it to an appropriate person. Now, if you go to the end of your pews, if you're sitting toward the end of your pew, you're going to see these cards on either end of the pew. I want you to take one, pass it down if you would. You got them? I feel like I'm on a game show or something, but okay, now... See if you can find them. Oh, choir, good grief. Hey, uh, who's back there? We need to get some for the choir, too. Here we go. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. And take your time. Take your time. We're not in a rush. This sermon is rather brief. Merry Christmas. Um, let's see. Choir, okay. Let's see if this is enough. Did you get them some? Okay, here's some more. All right. So... Be thinking and praying about something this week that you might give to, a significant, uh, a significant giving that you do feel, if that makes sense. Not just something that's a pejorative, ob- obligatory, yeah, I gave and I'm fine, but something that you're going to feel a bit more, if that makes sense. Now, like I said, I'm going to suggest um, one thing each Sunday, and you can choose it or not choose it, but... Just give you different ideas, because you could give to some ministry overseas. You could give to something local. You could, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, this morning I'm going to uh, bring it very, very close to home. And it's, it, and it's not like an urgent, immediate need. Well, I guess for some people it would be, actually. But I think it's one that's sort of close to home, and one that you might want to think about. Um, these are hot off the press. No one other than myself and Dr. Emily Hines, who is the chair of the Department of Math at Sanford University, has seen these. But uh, this is a card about a brand new scholarship at Sanford called the David Foreman Scholarship. Yes, I love that, what I just heard. But uh, this helps uh, needy students uh, who are gifted in math but need a leg up because they just don't have the money to be there and get the education that they would like to have, and uh, this is something you might feel led. How many of y'all remember David Foreman? Special, special human being, wonderful servant, deacon of this church, the guru of the bylaws here, and PDOs, um, 
an amazing servant, an amazing award-winning teacher at Samford. Uh, his wife to this day still makes the greatest cakes on earth. Can I get an amen on that? How many of y'all have not had an Elvia cake? When I say, how many of y'all have not had an Elvia cake? God help you. Okay. We, we will correct that. If you give, we'll get you a cake. No, no. And, and I don't know if Elvia is even here today. I asked permission. If, oh, Elvia, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to embarrass you. I'm sorry about that. But uh, uh, I just think this is so worth doing. Hey, I've got co- Now I was going to put these out in the bag. Anybody want one right now? I mean, you know, I'm just, okay, here, let's, let's. Richard, could you help, you know? And, and again, don't feel obligated. I'm, Elvia, close your eyes. Julie, is Julie back there too? And Emily, close your eyes. Keep them closed. Spend the time in meditation. Anybody just want, yeah, okay. Come along. Uh, here, just walk, if you'll walk these back to the table in the narthex and, you know, just put them there. But if anybody happens to shoot a hand up, give it to them, okay? Anybody, uh, Richard, did you take them back or where'd you? Passed them out. Okay, well, we can do that too. But, but we can get you more of those. No one has seen that card except myself and Emily and, uh, well, now you. Um, and if y'all think that's, hey, that's coming close to home, I don't really care. I think that's something really worth giving to, uh, honoring someone who was an amazing, amazing servant, not just of Sanford University, but, but of this church. Um, and, and I miss him badly, and I think this is a way that I want to uh, honor him personally. So think about that. Oh, and you know what would be cool? Okay, hey, y'all can open your, oh, you open your eyes, okay. Y'all weren't watching people, were you? Okay, good. Wouldn't it be cool if you give, uh, Elvia, stand up. This, this is who you give the card to. Stand up. Okay, remain seated. But she's over there. And uh, w- when you give to this, you can give the Fanning the Flame card to Elvia. That'd be cool for her to get a few of these. Now, that's one option. And I'm going to offer one of those each week. And you can take advantage of the one I mentioned or, or, or something else. But again, and I'm going to try to vary them. Uh, um, I think next week I'll probably talk about 1040 Connections, which we uh, help support, and they have a Christmas uh, push that they have uh, that really helps some incredible needs across the globe. But again, be prayerfully thinking of some way that you can be countercultural in a way that speaks against this idea of God being our <laughs> divine Santa Claus and, and actually realizing what what Christmas is about. You have a birthday, but this is Christ's birthday, and out of that, what, in what way could the Spirit be speaking to you, and out of you can come uh, rivers of living water by his leading. Jesus' birthday, you know, to me it's the second greatest miracle, and obviously the cross and the resurrection are the greatest miracle of all time. But I feel like so often in our culture, yes, here, yes, in our American culture, we've been co-opted in a way that we fail to recognize what is the greatest miracle. I want to close with a quote by, by a friend of mine, Jim Dennison, a, a pastor, minister, writer, philosopher down in uh, Texas. And he says this, I love the holiday season. However, Jesus didn't come so we could celebrate Christmas, but so we could experience Easter. Good Friday was the true Black Friday that became good because of grace. Will you read that with me one time? I love the holiday season. However, Jesus didn't come so we could celebrate Christmas, but so we could experience Easter. Good Friday was the true Black Friday that became good because of grace. That grace is the greatest of miracles. 
So let's pray that you and I can be miracles this season. Let's pray together. We confess to you, O oh God, that we can get as caught up as anyone else in the materialism of our culture and expecting too much for ourselves or for someone we care for when really we need to expect ourselves to be miracles on behalf of your kingdom and bringing it here and making it real for people who so desperately need to see it. Uh, not just people who do not know you personally, and that's so, so vital, but just people who are trying to get through the day, people who are trying to get a leg up, people who are trying to pay bills, people who are searching for food. Whatever it might be, oh God, motivate us this season to remember that it's your birthday. And so, oh God, help us to make this a different kind of Christmas. Please help us to do that. Amen.